Yeah, you know, my father-in-law is a farmer, and, and there's the old saying, you reap what you sow. And so I actually, I mean, I believe that, uh, you know, just like everything else, but yeah, I mean, if you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow, you know, jackass ability, you get jackass ability. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. Who was that? The new villain around here, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, talking about Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen got fired after he lost to Missouri, and that's what Eli Drinkwitz said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tur- that one's turns almost, out. Yeah, yeah. One, that one checks out. I told you we're we're <laughs> emptying out the Eli Drinkwitz uh, a- a- audio cloud today. If Oklahoma joins the SEC. Um, would you be excited to kind of rekindle that rivalry? I, I kind of like the rivalry we got with Arkansas. I mean, I don't remember the last time they beat us, so I, I kind of like that one. And the battle line rivalry, I mean, it's pretty good for us. So, Crud, I think we'll just keep that one right now. Well, um, it's not a rivalry between OU and Missouri. It never has. It probably never will be. But this whole Williams-Winary, Caden Green stuff, it's, uh, it's made it more interesting than it's been in a long time. That's for sure. So what did you make of the – the quote from Caden Green about why he went to Missouri. So let me find – he told that to Power Mizzou. I'm going to try and define the exact quote. I have it uh, – took a screenshot of it. But, but before I find it, essentially he just said – okay, here it is. Quote, I think the biggest thing was drink, the head coach. He was honest. He didn't lie to me. He treats me like I'm a human and their program on the rise, end quotes. I take that as a disgruntled former player comment is what I take it as. It it sounds like a shot at well, University it is. of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. Yeah, which is what disgruntled former players tend to do at times. So that's I don't take it that seriously. Yeah, I, it's just so shocking how he could be disgruntled. And here's the thing. I You may not agree with – what Coach Venables like has said about I mean you you gotta understand he was asking for uh like an NIL deal that is just kind of it's in a different realm than you would typically get anywhere for a true freshman left guard. Okay? And I'm sure that Venables was probably uh, explaining exactly that point. Now, you could say a lot of things about Brent Venables, but I, lying to a player I don't think is one of nah, them. that's not how he rolls. Maybe, maybe giving a, a harsh reality that you don't agree with. I, There's a difference a between thing. lying and telling someone, telling someone something that they may not want to hear. But it's, it's genuine. If Brent is anything, it's it's genuine as a head coach. I, and, and that's not even an opinion. I, I think that there's enough evidence over multiple years to back that statement up. And here's the other thing. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. And hopefully, the whole situation ends soon. But there, there typically is a like in order to lessen the blow on yourself for for doing something like. You can drag someone down to spread the blame a little bit, you know. Oh sure. And I don't know that that's the case here, but it kind of 
it kind of feels like that, saying that the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables lied to him. And he didn't say that directly. It just kind of feels that way in that quote. Yeah. Right? Uh, I know a lot of people are ready to move on from that, but that was at least out there yesterday. There, there is a question out on our Twitter page, at KREF Sports. OU fans, who's currently your most hated SEC coach in any sport? Gunny says, drunk Fitz takes the cake. Talking about Drinkwitz. Uh, Andy says, Drinkwitz hands down. Sooner Shane says, drink in his Crocs is an easy answer. Uh, Sooner Chick says, Brian Kelly. Coy says, Eli Dorkowitz or Mike White. Ray says Nick Saban. Cole says Sark. Noah says Dorkwitz. So about 80% of these answers are not Eli Drinkwitz, it's Eli Dorkwitz. So at least for now, he is the uh, most hated SEC coach for OU fans. Yeah. We will see if that changes or not after year one. Well, I don't know. It's interesting. I I don't know that he necessarily did anything in this situation that people should be upset about uh i mean what it's really the missouri fans that people are in i i I think that ou fans have been annoyed by drink for a bit but it's it's really the missouri fans and i think drink is catching a lot of the arrows and and here's what's going to happen in the offseason i'm sure eli drinkowitz is aware of all the hates that he's getting from ou fans so so what does he normally do when that's the case he likes to stir the pot i would not be surprised at all if Drink were to throw a shot OU or Brent Venable's way at some point this offseason. That'd probably yeah. be the least surprising thing that we could see until kickoff. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a press conference diva, right? And to his credit, this year, they backed it up. They're a 10-2 football team, and they're in the college football playoff. Uh, they are ranked higher than the University of Oklahoma. What do you think about their game? That. Their bowl game is an interesting one. I mean, I, I don't really know about any of the players playing for Ohio State in this game. I mean, especially offensively. And, and, and clearly, the, the quarterback there is replaceable. It, at least they think so. But without Maserati Marv, as uh, Gus Johnson likes to call him, that significantly changes things for their offense. And they've still got other good wide receivers, but... Let's go back to what we always talk about with bowl games and what we've talked about with OU in the Alamo Bowl. What is Ohio State's give-a-rip meter in this game? I, I bet Missouri's is really high. It, it has to be. This is the best game mm-hmm. Missouri's played in in a decade. But Ohio State, they had their sights set on a playoff. It's another year where they lost to Michigan. I just I don't really, I don't think Ohio State's give-a-rip meter is going to be that high. And I don't just don't think that they're so good that they can roll the ball out and even beat a team like Missouri. Well, uh, and you may be right, but I'll just tell you right now at Ohio State, the, you, they may have a hard time convincing the players to give a rip, but that coaching staff, Ryan Day, you, you can't lose to Michigan and then lose to Missouri in the bowl game. Like, there's already irrationality going on there around Ohio State about Ryan Day and how he has to go. He has to go. Can't lose to Michigan like this. Uh, and back-to-back, you got to go. You're done. And that's just losing to Michigan. Can you imagine what people are going to say if they lose to 
Missouri in uh, the bowl game? Well, they need to slap an SEC patch on their jersey. Oh, hell, they didn't care about being here anyway. But, no, well, no it, I, I mean, it's a fair point. And even if they win, though, like that's why it's such a crap spot for Ohio State is even if they win, it's, well, who cares? You didn't beat Michigan. What, what does it matter? Right. It won't be looked at as a successful season there, and they'll go 12-1 uh, and one year. Yep. Harsh no, reality. That, I mean, that's true. That's true. I just I know that the reality that you're talking about with the with their team is is what Ryan Day is fighting like hell oh, I'm sure. every single day to try and change. I'm sure. Um, we'll see if he can do it. One week from now, I said one year from now we might do it a be doing a pregame show on Campus Corner talking about OU hosting a playoff game. That's a maybe. I know that in a week's time we will be doing a pregame show talking about the Alamo Bowl. How we? This is to you. This is the text line. It's felt like an eternity since OU's played a game, because it really has been. But how are we feeling a week out about this one? I've started to feel a little bit better and better. As, I mean, the Caden Green situation took a turn, but I, I just like the fact that Jackson Arnold's had this much time to prepare for this game. Makes me feel better about things. So that's the only reason you feel better is because Jackson well, no. had time Stutzman to prepare? Well, no, Stutzman and Bowman coming back clearly help. Okay, and their best well, player opting out. List, okay, there's three things. Arnold prepar- uh, preparation time, Stutzman and Bowman, and then AZ's first-round tackle is out. That's pretty good. Three things that make me feel good about uh, winning a bowl game? Or- Anything else? Uh, that's pretty much it right there. Three things. What makes you feel bad about it? Um, the offensive line situation. Okay. The What else makes me feel bad? Uh, wh- what they have at quarterback. He's pretty good. Fafita. Yeah. Uh, how hot they are coming into this bowl game. Yeah. Uh, how it's one of their biggest bowl games in recent memory. Give I a guess, rip, Mater. I guess really their only recent uh, bowl game in memory. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that make me nervous. I, I guess more than anything, I'm just excited to see Jackson Arnold with a few weeks to prepare. Mm. Here's his first game. What does it look like? What's it look like with JFA back there? Yeah. What do you think Latrell, University of Oklahoma, new co-offensive coordinator, and Joe John Finley are going to do? Uh, I think they're going to call plays, and I think they're going to call well, plays throwing the ball down the field and being aggressive. Push it down the field is mm-hmm. what you say, huh? Yeah, and hand to 27. Hot hand at the end of the year. Attack well, him down the field and uh, give it to Salt Chuck. Hot hand, we're going to be missing, what, uh, two starters on the offensive line? Is, is, is that it? I, yeah, I think well, it's. I think it's more than that. Uh, I mean, Sexton played late whenever Sawchuck was on his run, so I'm not. I'm not counting Guyton out if that makes sense. I mean, maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. But when Sawchuck had his best games, uh, Sexton was playing right tackle. Okay, yeah. so I feel like that's kind of a. We'll give that one a wash. Walter Rouse is going to be there. Uh, is going to be there. So you've got your left guard and your center. Um, how do you think that's going to affect play calling and, and what their game plan is? I mean, I, I think it can, I, the, I, I'm sure the game plan is to attack down the field with Jackson Arnold and to run the football with Gavin Sawchuck, but 
you're getting tackled in the backfield every single play, then, well, that might change the game plan now, my, won't it? I, but, but when I say attack Arizona down the field, I'm not saying throw 20 deep balls. I, I, I think that you can attack someone down the field sure. without just throwing go balls the entire time. I, and and I, obviously the, the objective for the staff is to win the game, but there's got to be a thought, too, of this is an opportunity to really be aggressive with, with the kid before you get to the SEC. Let's let's take advantage of that and not just have him dink and dunk down the field and just throw behind the line of scrimmage or just beyond. I, I just I, I think that there's a lot of advantages to calling this game aggressively, and I think they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually the more I watch Arizona, the more I like our chances. Um, oh, really? I will say. Where yeah. where where are you uh, or where are they lacking that you didn't think previously? It's not necessarily that they're lacking. I I just I think we're gonna have a really good. I think we're gonna play really good on defense. I do. I, I think so. we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be the healthiest we've been the entire season, including game one on defense. I'm trying to th- – I mean, who was out game one to, to start the year? Well, uh, what? Josiah we Wagner to, was, like, kind of banged up to start out. the year. Our Mason Thomas was never right all year. I think he's the best he's been, and we've kind of missed him up front. We've been like, – and then throughout, there's been guys that have been in and out of the lineup. I think for the most part, I, I, I think we're fresh and I think we're healthy. And I think we got everyone. Key Lawrence isn't going to be there. And what, Stripling? And am I missing anyone else? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, thinking back to week one now, yeah, they should be. Especially, too, like some of your – like Danny Stutzman was banged up throughout the entire year. And yeah. if, Kobe if, McKenzie was banged up, uh, I think, the first he's, couple games. If too. he's as healthy as he's been all year long, like just that on its own makes yeah. me feel a lot better about the defense playing, uh, that, playing well in this and, game. Venables with a long time to prepare. Uh, I, I really like the scheme that Arizona has on offense. It's more of a pro-style offense. They'll go under center. The, they've got like an extensive play-action package. You'll see a lot of empty from them. Like the one thing that they do is they throw a bunch of tunnel screens out of a bunch of different formations to a bunch of different guys. Uh, they'll get the tight end involved. They've got three really good running backs. They've got two really good wide receivers, good tight end. You know, it's a good offense, but I think we match up really well with it. Randy, from our offense matches up better against their defense than their offense matches up against ours. I'm going to guess this is Randy from Miami, not Randy from Miami. But Randy says instead of the standard push it down the field, let's use the whole field. Intermediate digs, crossers, layered routes, underneath mesh, things Levy didn't do. That's kind of what I was saying. Not just when I say push it down the field, not just deep balls, but just attack them. Yeah, and I think you'll see that. You know, that's the that's the real interesting thing. How much do they add to the play of Jackson Arnold for this bowl game as opposed to kind of leaving the things that they've majored in all year and maybe just calling plays out of that selection a little bit differently? I'm not sure, but you got to remember, Latrell is an air raid background guy, and the route trees and route combinations out of air raid are plentiful 
and you're going to see them, and I think they're easy to install. I mean, we already do most of those things to some degree or another. You can just you can dial it up more. So I think I think you will see maybe a little bit wider range in in the uh, play calling. Well, let's stuff. just make sure uh, Drake Stoops gets 120 yards receiving. Let's just make sure that happens. For do you think yards. he'll be the leading receiver? Um, for a young quarterback like that, I think that there's a. I think regardless of who's playing quarterback, my answer would be yes. But with the young quarterback and you tend to find a target that you really lock onto, yeah, I'll say that Drake is. Yeah. Who's the leading rusher? I mean, if it's not – I mean, that's not really a question to me. The The question would be who's the second leading rusher, and I think that potentially could be Jackson Arnold. You seeing don't how think they he used him in the, in the BYU. You, you, no, I think they – I think he can't. I, I just think that – the version of Gavin Sawchuck that I saw at the end of the year, I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't the leading rusher. Hmm. Are you going to get bold here and say that JFA is the leading rusher? I'm just, I'm just Dang. curious. Just naming the know. Alamo Bowl MVP while you're at it. I'm I, no, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, if if we were at full strength on the offensive line, I would probably agree with you, but. Since we're not, they may get a little bit more creative in the run game and use Arnold a little bit more on the perimeter. Plus, he's a young guy. What's the tendency for young guys whenever the pocket breaks down? They don't get outside to throw. They pull the ball down to scramble and use their use their legs. So I, that's that's my only thing is I'm saying. Unless there's a hole down on the edge and he runs for a first down and gets brought back like in the BYU yeah. game. Man, that hurt. Yeah. Well, 405, is Tallwee Walker going to play in the bowl? That sounds like that's the plan. He, hasn't he been practicing with the University of Oklahoma football he team? He indeed has, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, and I know they're taking a handful of the the new signees down to the bowl game with them for practice. Nigel Smith cool. being uh, one of them. So, yeah, that is cool. Very cool. Did that last All right, year. Quick, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra. With available features like the V8 engine. The ultimate luxury interior. And of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Not just any truck. The truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Come take a test drive today and see for yourself. Excitement. Visit Soonersports.com slash tickets to reserve your seats, and we'll see you at the LNC. Boomer Sooner. Offensively, we've been so connected. We've been so moving the ball, sharing the ball. And we had two assists at halftime, and it just wasn't Oklahoma basketball the way we were connected. And I think it got a little contagious. And they can do that to you. They can do that. They can take you out of your stuff. Um, you think you can get to the rim, and then, they, you know, Baycott's there, you know, uh, protecting the rim. So they can do that to you. And we just, I just thought for the first time all year, you know, offensively. But I, our fight was there. Our fight came back. I mean, in this environment, we cut it to five. Um, we did some really good things defensively. We spotted them 13 points off turnovers. We just, that number 
was flip flopped. We, we had six assists, eighteen turnovers. It just it's very it's almost impossible to beat a team like this, an environment like this, having those numbers. And- Porter Moser, after the game last night, OU drops their uh, first one of the season, 81-69 to UNC. And as much as we've talked about the offensive struggles last night for OU, there was one player in particular that didn't struggle offensively, Otega Owe, who's been really good this year. Dude, he had 23 points last night on 6 of 10 shooting. And the free throw issues that we talked about, now he was 10 of 11 last night. So he was yeah. definitely the bright spot offensively. Not that it makes me feel any better about that loss to North Carolina last night. The offense has got to be more consistent. It's got to be better. But he did have three turnovers, and that was 18 turnovers, man, and a lot of them were just cheap turnovers, you know? Yeah. Didn't feel like nope. Carolina earned um, all, all of those TOs that they got. I mean, I guess it it, it is a little bit of um... – you know, it it makes you feel not, you're not don't feel horrible about everything that you saw, uh, because there were a couple of bright spots, and he definitely was one. And because it it's we're definitely more balanced, but you don't want to become a team where if McCollum has a night where he's not the best player on the court, that you just can't win tough games. You know, and I just don't um, think they're going to be that. Um, right. I mean, he had a tough game last night, and again, Otega Owe was really good, and that's been the case. Like they're just not like he's he's th- their best player, sure. If you if you want to have that argument, but they're just much more than that offensively. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's um, why I'm just look, man. They had a ten and zero start to the season. They're the number seven ranked team in the country. Did anyone think that that was possible, that at any point this year they were going to be ranked as a top-eight team? We were just hoping that they were going to be one of the teams that made the NCAA tournament. So maybe text line disagrees. Let us know, 405-651-3439. My mind is about this team is just not going to change after their first loss of the year happens to North Carolina and Charlotte. Now, do I think that they are the number seven team in the country? No, not right now. But do they still have incredible potential this year? Absolutely, I think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that really you're down 10 right out of the gate through the first, like, almost eight minutes of the game. And I, you, after that point, when it, it was 14-4 with, like, 13-15 to go, and I, from that point on, it was pretty much an even contest. We'd make a little bit of a run and cut it to five or so. They'd make a little bit of a run and maybe stretch it out to, to what, 13, 14. But really, after the bad start, it was – and I know the score affects the way that people play down the stretch and everything, but after the bad start, it really was – a a pretty even game the rest of the way through sure so i mean you go out you start fast and you know you're right there in the battle from the very beginning perhaps things go quite a bit differently so it's i don't think it's a uh hit the panic button at all 405 we shot terrible last night and carolina's a bad matchup even then we got it to five late this team will compete in the big 12 finish four or five the only potential 
issue from last night is you saw an elite big man in Armando Baycott. And that, that guy's mm-hmm. – what was it? Didn't he uh, like lead Carolina all-time in, in rebounds? He's going to end up oh, shattering yeah. that record when his career is Which finally is done. Is And I thought at times OU held their own against a player like that. but And, and I think that they're good in the post with, with, with what they have. But yeah. is that going to be when they face elite big men inside? Are they going to have? Are they going to have issues? I don't, man. Maybe you like that may be a problem, but I kind of like what we got. Um, I don't know. I I kind of like what we got. I may be wrong on that. And uh, what Hughley didn't have. The best night. I mean, he was Correct. he was not good, but I he's performed really. I, we've got some good minutes out of him. I don't know. I, maybe that's the case. I just think it was a little bit more of maybe the moment got to us a little bit. You just you don't see that type of experience anymore, almost anywhere, especially no. at a place like North Carolina no. where you've got no. a a senior out there that's you know a six eleven senior that's had the production he has through his entire career. It's and just, a guy you, like R.J. Davis, who's a senior as well. Very rare yeah. for – especially a blue blood like that. But, yeah, it, it was just a – it was a bad – it was a tough matchup, sure, but you're really asking for it when you got in foul trouble like you did. Sam Godwin ended up fouling out, and Hughley had uh, three, I think, to – did he have three to start the second half last night? But there's yeah. not a whole lot of big men that you're going to face this year that are uh, – you know, as capable as Armando Baycott. He's good. That's crazy. It's he's a he's a fifth year senior. Baycott he's, or RJ Davis? Baycott. And he played he played twenty five minutes a game as a true freshman. And he's played the whole time, all the way through. He five years straight, he's been a Jeez. huge contributor for that team. You just don't see that, man. That's nuts. No. That's, I wish you saw more of it. I I wish you did like that, and that was funny looking at the game before uh, before they tipped off last night. It's like, oh yeah, Baycott, I remember him when North Carolina made the national championship. Guy, he's old, and that was two years ago when Carolina was playing for a national championship. But that seems like yeah. an eternity in college hoops if you're even there like two years now. We remember you from two years ago. Dang, why isn't that guy in the league? What's up? What's going on well, with him? They, I don't, I don't remember how good they were his true freshman year, but. Um, that was the year where we didn't have the tournament, 1920. Correct. So, I think Kansas was the number one, or was going to be the number one overall seed uh, that year. Um, yeah. in, in terms of the transfer portal today, pretty quiet. Um, expecting good news soon from Geno Vandermark, a Michigan State offensive lineman, and then solid a, player. Uh, you, you, what do you like about Geno Vandermark? Uh, he's just, I mean, he's a solid player. Uh, played a lot of ball, and um, you know, I, I think the evaluation has gone good. What they're they're up against Michigan State in a big NIL package to keep him, right? And I think that was the case with uh, Spencer Brown as well, right? Who they already have committed, maybe so. And so it, it OU's going to add at least two more offensive linemen. Sounds like um, sounds like he Geno Vandermark is a good bet there out of Michigan State, and then. Uh, Nuwawu from uh, North Texas. And he's supposed to be, like, really good, right? Yeah, Legit. he has a, he played a lot as a freshman for them. And did he make, like, a freshman All-American team his, his first year yes. down there? I think, yeah. I think that's right. 
got a good opportunity with him and you know he he should have some type of familiarity with with what Latrell's going to end up doing on offense and um that's good we just i i know that venables is going to make some defensive line moves i like the fact that there's like we're not seeing a lot of action there i think uh, most people are panicking you know we took some text messages on monday and tuesday where it was we are we are getting our butts kicked in the transfer portal, and there's no argument any other there way. There was portal panic earlier this week, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And I think the patience is actually a really good sign. And remember, we got we got a couple of D linemen late in the process last year, uh, which, by the way, Lacey and uh, Dejon Terry staying for another year is that's that's, big. that's a big boost. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it at all. It you know, I kind of feel like with not a lot of like noise out there, not a lot of info being coming out means that they they probably feel like they've got a good chance with some guys maybe that enter the portal after the bowl game. Yeah, well, um, the name that everyone immediately thinks of is David Hicks out of Texas yeah, A&M. What's the situation with that? I There is a thought slash – Hope, mostly hope, that he enters into the transfer portal and that if he does, OU would have a, a decent shot to, to get him. Todd well, Bates what's visited, the scuttlebutt? What are you hearing? The scuttlebutt, I mean, this isn't so much scuttlebutt. It was out there on Twitter. His dad did visit Katie Pato uh, a couple of weeks ago where, where his uh, his dad coaches at. So it's kind of one of those, oh. huh, is he, down there, uh, yeah. is he down there visiting to try to, you know, hey, what's going on with your son? Is he going to hop in the portal? Yeah. What, the the, the you, scuttlebutt is here's the scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt is that if he hits the portal, that OU would probably have the best chance to get him. How many defensive linemen or how many players have they lost defensive linemen in the portal already? A and M? Yeah. Oh yeah. LT Overton has already committed to Bama. Walter Nolan hit the portal. And there's probably two others that I'm just forgetting about, but those are two that I remember. He may just be hanging around to play in the bowl game. Maybe. You know, because some of the guys in front have, have bailed, may have an opportunity to uh, to get in the in the bowl game and, and shine a little bit, get some, it, get it's some been, play. It's been bad at Texas A&M. Like Evan Stewart entered in the portal this week, one of the best, if not their best offensive player. I think a lot of people would say that was their best offensive weapon this past year. Um, defensive players they've lost. The recruiting class really catered down the stretch. Or cratered, I should say, not catered. But, uh, yeah, it's A&M's a portal loser. USC mm. is a portal loser. Th- those are your two portal losers so far through through this cycle. Yeah. yeah. It is not looking good at USC. It's in, in fact, it's looking quite bad. Yeah, they – not only are they getting hammered in the portal, they are – they are banged up injury wise. They're having a hard time even practicing for the bowl game with the scout team and everything. Well, regardless of what happens there, and they're going to get beat probably pretty bad by Louisville. Just looking oh, yeah, at next year yeah. for them, it's it's it doesn't. I, I'm not seeing a whole lot of reasons to be optimistic about SC in, in 24 and losing yeah. Tackett Curtis in the portal. You know that one hurt. Not that they had a lot of great defensive pieces, but that was. That was one from a year like this where they could look at and say, all right, we could build our defense around this guy. No, nah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a frustrating one. What do you think it? What do you? What's the fan base chatter like out there at Southern Cal right now around Lincoln? Pissed. <laughs> that was. I mean, it, there was a lot of oh. Uh, maybe OU fans were right, and this was going back to the season, not not even late in the year when they started to like lose games to UCLA at the end of the season. It, it was it was revealed after about that second or third loss. Like, okay, I think OU fans were onto something here. Maybe they were right. I still can't figure out. Not a happy fan like, base. I know Will Howard is a little bit more of a Big Ten type of quarterback, but I still can't figure out. Like, that is the last place I would ever imagine Will Howard would transfer. I, I agree. I mean, it might be a good move for Will Howard, but for yeah. who, who I mean, she wants to run his off, and I think that's probably the angle that you're talking about there, then, then yeah, I agree. It, it, it may be maybe better for Lincoln to try and get a little bit more I, it's more realistic. Like your offense has been a guy like scrambling around like crazy for 15 seconds and either running for it or throwing deep down the field. I mean, that's just that's not a sustainable way to run an offense, as they found out this year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. New 2024 Buick Enclaves are here. You'll save when you shop at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. New 2024 Buick Enclave. Save up to $42.50 off the MSRP, and Costco members receive an additional $1,000. Drive to the best, just 15 minutes west. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. Experience the new Buick. See dealer for details. Hey everybody, Josh Helmer here. Oklahoma high school basketball is back and we... Riverwind is the best casino in the metro. With all the amenities that make us number one. Make it a December to remember with our $100,000 Frosty Fridays giveaway. Play with your wild card all month for a chance to win. Always a good time at Riverwind. Final hour on a Thursday. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Appreciate you, Vinny Paul, on the text line. Total of five A&M defensive linemen have hit the portal. Feels like they've had five of just about every single position hit the portal so far. Dang. Gonna be a tough That's a year. Lot. Gonna be a tough, tough year for uh, Texas A&M next year. Gonna be a tough year for Florida next year as well. They uh, really cratered down the stretch with their recruiting class as well. Yeah, uh, five D linemen, and I mean that's just D line. That's a that was their best position lot. group too. I mean they were good up front yeah. on the defensive line this past year. Really good, really good, really athletic, explosive. I mean whenever you watch A&M on television it becomes apparent right away like wow look at that defensive line they just they totally looked apart i mean i don't know how you i don't know how you recover from losing five and i'm i'm guessing maybe not all of those guys were super highly recruited but 
Probably a big chunk of them. I mean, if it's not all five, it was four. I mean, some of those guys definitely had five stars attached to their name coming out of high school, including the one that you're hoping hits the portal after the bowl game. Um, This just randomly caught my eye here. And I knew, like the rest of us, that there were opt-outs in bowl games, but some of these opt-outs are, oh my gosh. Here are the players for Florida State that will not be playing in the Orange Bowl against Georgia, okay? We know Jordan Travis won't because of the injury. Trey Benson, their best running back, opt-out. Keon Coleman, wide receiver, opt-out. Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver, opt-out. Jaheim Bell, the tight end, opt-out. Jared Verse, the defensive lineman, their best player uh, on defense, opt-out. Two other starters on defense, opt-out. Golly. It's getting insane. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I I guess I'll still watch Florida State and Georgia in the Orange Bowl, but, man, it's getting harder and harder to watch these these bowl games that are non-college uh, football playoff semifinals. I mean, that's – think about that, man. And I, I know, I get it, they're not in the playoff. Florida State's an undefeated football team. Got a chance to finish 13-0. Got a, got a chance to be the first undefeated Florida State team since, well, I guess since Jameis. I was thinking for a second maybe were since they undefeated? 99. Yeah, I think they were undefeated in 2013. I don't, I don't think they lost a game that year. I That like that game alone, I mean, how many guys, I don't think Georgia's had a whole lot of opt-outs, have they? Is Did Brock Bowers opt out? There's so many, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. What that game effectively proves is the NCAA and conferences, Power Five conferences, have totally wrecked college football and made it only about going to the NFL for, like, the the top talent in the sport yep it's no longer no one anymore cares about the school because of the transfer portal it's like there's so many guys that are one-year rentals two-year rentals it's it's aau it's nba basketball is what it is you know it and no one cares anymore there's they don't care about the fan base the tradition their teammates and it's not the player's fault. It's the system that was created around them, you know, and it's been that type of thinking has been rewarded. And I, I really, I don't know how you, how much longer you can move forward like this. And for a fan base, like part of college football was you, you watch recruiting you watch these guys develop from from young players, freshmen playing special teams, maybe some spot duty, into multi-year starters, and you 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 build a connection with those guys, and you become fans of theirs throughout the rest of their career in the NFL. I it feels more, very transa- like, it feels very transactional now yeah. with what happens, and, you, for and sure. you're not going to have enough time to to really learn much about a player before they move on to the league and you yeah. say oh yeah that guy played at Oklahoma and that was a deep part of the sport yeah is yes. getting to getting it feeling a connect I mean it's one of the many reasons why Baker was so loved around here 
Um, why, you, like some other players in the past, like they were here, you got to know them. I mean, just you, you, you lose a lot of that. It, it stinks. And this is, I mean, this kind of falls at the bottom probably for most people, but it, it does suck to see New Year's Day really not be that big of a deal in college football anymore. Because it used to be, that used to be the biggest day of the year for college football. New Year's Day. New Year's Day was college football's holiday. And yeah, they've got two playoff games there, but they don't always have two playoff games on New Year's Day. A lot of times it's just a bunch of bowl games that really no one cares about and everyone's opted out of. So they've even lost that. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, Maybe crazy. the 12-team playoff will save us, but I, I, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know if 12's enough. I really don't. I mean, you're going to have 12 teams in. Like, in a 12-team playoff, like, now you've gotten further away to where really, now if you're, if you're not in the 12-team play, playoff, then you really don't matter. Your bowl game really is trash. There's no way anyone's going to watch it or anyone's going to play in it. 5-8-0 says bowl games are becoming NFL preseason. They kind of are preseason yeah. for the next year, but a bunch of yeah. sophomores and uh, freshmen are playing in the game. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's wild. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap the day up next here from Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. That don't feel right. The answer to why defines who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my friends. For my community. For my family. For each other. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. So why do you see safe? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Thursday. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring the final hour of the rush. We do have football on tonight. Two football games. I guess it comes down to uh, what you prefer. A matchup of two seven and seven teams, or a matchup of two six and six teams. Take your pick. You got the Saints <laughs> and the Rams uh, on Prime seven fifteen in the NFL, or the Boca Raton Bowl between South Florida and Syracuse at seven p.m. I know they're both appetizing, but you can only choose just one. I I guess I'll go with the National Football League. Um, I don't know. I may have some fantasy implications in that one. Not exactly when sure. When do but. the bowl games actually get good? Let me see. It kind of feels like next week. Well, like it, I, what do you mean by good? Well, like that game tonight last, could be like an absolute thriller. Yeah, you just never well, know. Well, and after last uh, segment's conversation, I guess, I guess the, the playoff might be the first time with all the opt-outs. But Saturday, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games all day on Saturday. Uh, and then getting into next week, like I'll, I'll have a lot of fun watching Louisville pound USC in the Holiday Bowl. The yeah. uh, what were we calling it? The Great Value uh, OU Texas A and M and Oklahoma State are playing in a game, 
And then Thursday will be good. NC State, K-State, and then, of course, OU plays Arizona. So so next week, yeah. mid-late next week. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some good stuff go on. And I don't know, even the games where you've got some top players out, you know, the you never know if you're there to watch a really good football game, competitive football game, there's still going to be plenty of those. It's just, you know, the, the level may be down a little bit for both teams with, with some of the top players out, but – I guess if you didn't know, maybe you wouldn't even notice if you weren't someone that didn't follow all of these other teams. But I don't know. It's a it's a weird time of college football, man. I the future is it's strange. It's up in the air. I don't know what it, what it holds really. Best bowl game or best bowl gift you ever got? I don't. I don't know. I think we got PlayStation 2 one year. I That's, think that was there it. There you go. That's the answer. PS2. That's it. All right. All right. That's it for us. You guys killed it as always on the text line. You guys drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Thanks to Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC for having us out here in El Reno. Remember, tons of inventory here, new and used. They're making good deals to end the year. You guys know what time it is. Time for an ice cold Pacifico. Let's call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. 